When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to episode number 326 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the sleepy Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? I'm not sleepy. I'm actually wide awake. I closed my eyes for a second as Fast was struggling to get an adjective for this week. And uh, yeah, that's the best well, There's a lot of things that I'm not allowed to say. So I have to like, st- okay, can't say that, can't say that, can't say that. And then I just saw you rub oh, your eye for a second. Come on. And sleepy. I, come can't, on. I, can't, I can't. I'm not that much of an overseer. Okay. No, you don't know. It's too, too subjective, too subjective. You're out um, of the murder room. You're not here anymore. Yeah, I know that's true. I got 3000 <laughs> miles away. Um, all right, guys, we've got a very exciting podcast for you today. Of course, we're going to be breaking down Nick's top 100, but before we get into that, what do you guys, what do you got a question for you guys? What are you doing? What are you doing tonight? What are you doing Tuesday night? I don't know fast. Plans? What are they going to be doing? If you don't got any plans, or if you do have plans, you should cancel them because I got something better for you. And that's the Nick and Alex baseball show, NABS, happening every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific. We're just talking baseball. We're having a blast. It's like me and Nick at a bar talking about all the things that we can't really talk about during this podcast. Last week, right. we got a little too analytical, and I yelled at Nick during the podcast. I said, <laughs> you can't talk about the analytics anymore. Nobody cares about analytics. Analytics so- are a baseball thing, not a fantasy thing, Fast. No, that's not true. That's not true. No one likes analytics. I hate analytics. Um, but you should you should check us out. We we've got all these different segments that we do. Yes. Um, I don't think we're gonna have one tomorrow. But usually every week we've got a new base hits. We've mm. got this new scouts honor segment that Nick has been doing, where he's been scouting hitters. Um, yeah. It's been crazy. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. You really should check it out though, because it is a lot of fun. It's Nick and I just taking our pants off and having a blast. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. What, what we're talking <laughs> about today is Nick's top 100. There's no rest for the wicked, and Nick is certainly wicked. He did not take Memorial Day off yesterday. Oh, it was that, it, it was a holiday. It was a holiday. It was a holiday, <laughs> and 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 you know, a, a a serious holiday. So thank you to all people who have. You know, uh, to all those veterans out there and all the people serving um, for all the ultimate sacrifice they have given. We're thinking about you. Um, But Nick didn't take the day off. He streamed. He talked about the list. He spent four and a half hours on the stream. And we're going to break it down today. And you should be reading the notes because there's a lot of really good stuff in the notes. But let's get to it. Yeah. Nick. I actually have a question. I have two questions for you before we get before, into before we even get into it. Wow. Yeah. Touched. Okay. I've got I've got two questions. And this was in the notes, but you kind of let yourself off a little bit easy on this. Okay. Um, now, if, if you don't read the notes at the very beginning uh, of the entire article, Nick says, hey, if these players weren't injured, 
this is where they would be. There's a relative rank when they are healthy. But I'm oh, not no, letting you get off this that. easy. Don't judge me on that because I set that once and I don't update them. I can't update them every week. I can judge you on this one because he went on the IL today. Oh, oh, you wouldn't have him in the top 10. Well, I, I want to know where in the top 10 Brandon Woodruff would be because mm. he, someone we've talked about every, you know, almost every show now, yeah. uh, someone I've been very critical of, and I see that it's one through 10 and I like coming into today at the beginning of the day, he was not going to go on the IL. He was probably going to be fine to make his next start. Here he is now. He's going I in probably would have left him there. You would have left him at four. He's been good. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, look, no, I, Nick. He's been he's been the fourth best pitcher in baseball. Is what you're telling me? Do you know that's not what the list is? I know, I know it's about future, but I feel that's like not every even week fair. I'm like, why is he number four? I and would like, I, well, look if I remember correctly. Uh, I could be completely wrong in this, and you have all the reason to yell at me. But no, his very last start was a good one, and then he got the wrinkle, and it, it was unfortunate. He left the game. Like yeah, I, I will, I look. I generally don't bring guys down unless. There's only two reasons why someone falls on the list. One, they just performed poorly, right? If they did if they did well, then the only reason that they're going to go down is if enough guys are just so much better, which happens a lot. And people get upset that this person fell and I go, well, sorry, it's these guys are just really good and this person hasn't changed. So there you go. Um, I mean, look, I don't know, eight, nine, if you really want that, like, it's not we have one through ten. If we want one through fifteen, that's fine. But he's a one through ten guy. There's a lot of guys that are essentially top five right now that just happen to be ten or or, or eleven of them or whatever, you know. So the the relative value of Brandon Woodruff is one through ten. Next week, you could look at the list and like he wouldn't fan the one through ten, you know. But the that's just because of the other guys performing a certain way. But how Woodruff is, he's a one through 10 pitcher. He's a top 10 pitcher. Yeah. When healthy. I don't know. I just, and again, I, I have him rostered plenty of places, but he's the, where do you think he is on the ESPN player writer right now among starters? I don't care. 57th, Nick. That's actually way better than you'd think for someone yelling so much about Brandon Woodruff being terrible. <laughs> I mean, a guy who's top 10. I mean, I, 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 player I, I raider. I wanted you, you know me. I, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. I guess I should have just ranked the, the ERA and win total guys on the list. If you want that, you can just do a sorting thing on our leaderboard. But, you know, it's up to you. Has he returned first <laughs> round value for you this year? Brandon Woodruff? Yeah. He wasn't even a first round pick this year He's before in the 12. preseason. He, has he returned first round value? He wasn't, I wasn't even suggesting you to do that. I, look, I, I'm not I'm not trying to tell you that Brandon Woodruff is exactly, you know, he's not even the top tier. It's one, two, three, and it's not including Woodruff. I, we've been back and forth on this. The, nothing has changed in the last week to, to, that would shift what we've talked about before. Okay. All right. Um, although he did have three blow-ups in a row and he didn't move down, but okay. Oh, my. Well, that was a conversation we had before. All right. Fine. Uh, the other one is obviously the list perpetually in flux. Uh, you know, the list that you make this morning could theoretically be different after a full slate of games. We have not had a full slate of games today, but Logan Webb, who saw himself outside the top 20, uh, he said, you know what, Nicholas, I'm going to huh. give you a 10 strikeout game here. Should yeah, right. That was runs. nice. Kapler leaves him in. It ends up being three earned runs because of a Kyle Schwarber. It was a nice home run. 
because of a Kyle Schwarber. Hey, everybody, here's a Kyle Schwarber. Just uh... a Kyle Schwarber. Where are you? Uh, does does today? Uh, like I said, this is always in flux. But does that yeah. make you move him over Severino, Otani, or Bieber, or not enough? No, not yet. I need to see it again. Uh, Logan Webb, I've pretty much acknowledged is. I I, I think that he's showed so far. I haven't even looked at the start yet. Maybe his slider was legitimate. Um, and yeah, that's the thing that's been missing the most. He had a hint of it in last start, but it wasn't so much. I'm like, oh my God, a slider is back. It's been missing a lot this year. Hopefully from 10 strikeouts and for as long as he went today, that it does suggest that his slider is back and that's great. Mm. Um, but Logan Webb hasn't really been this overwhelming strikeout guy with volume this year. And tier three is essentially filled with that. Say for a couple of guys that have other assets that are just ex- excellent. And Logan Webb's essentially pitched like a seven, like a three, five, three, six guy with a 115, 120 whip and a 22% K rate or so. And did nothing to really indicate to me that, you know, he was only 140 innings last year. It wasn't like we have years and years of that sample. And seeing no slider, it was, you know, my less faith necessarily that it was to return. Not that I wouldn't. 25 is still yeah. like, hey, he's really good. And if it was just that before, he'd be kind of thrown back with other Tobies a bit, right? So I'm glad that this went well. I, you know, for me to actually like make him sore, I need another start. All right. That answers that question. Now we can get into the list in earnest. We're going to start as we usually do going tier by tier, finding out what each tier is called and why it is called that. We're going to start with the first tier. No major changes. It's Corbin Burns, Garrett Cole, and Kevin Gaussman. What's it called? Why is it called that? It is the Trident. It is a tried and true weapon. And uh, it's it's always just hanging out by, I guess his name is Trident. <laughs> I mean Poseidon, but you know I'm thinking Poseidon, of yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a Little Mermaid. It's Triton because with a the trident, <laughs> right? Isn't the king's what? name? What's the king's name in Little Mermaid? The father, King Triton, right? King Triton, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's Triton. what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 so yeah, it's yeah. Triton with the trident, which is three pronged. You know. <laughs> All right, good. Really went down the well on that one. Yeah, well, uh, it's the funniest name to me. Like. Let's King just Triton. The guy with the Trident. What do we call him? Trident. <laughs> yeah, it's like the what's the is it what's the the guy who makes Metal Gear Solid or whatever who always like names his characters exactly Koji? what they are. Yeah, uh, he's always. I think they're like one of his characters. Literally, like sad man, and guy who's like sad. Um, <laughs> all right, tier two. Uh, a little more chock a block. Some moves now. Remember too, you, if you go to the list today, you're probably going to see a lot of plus ones. That is because Brandon Woodruff fell off because of the IL and it raised up yep. a lot of guys. Uh, but there is some movement inside of tier two. Uh, Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, Justin Verlander, Shane McClanahan, Sandy Alcantara. I can't even say his name without feeling that spice. How good he's been recently. <laughs> Alec Manoa, Zach Wheeler, Walker Bueller, Lucas Giolito, and Max Fried. What is it called, and why is it called that? The Martin Scorsese tier, because we all know they're great, but it might take a while before they get that that award that they deserve. Uh, that's very good. I like that. I really like that, too. And also because they kind of get a little worse at the end, but not terrible. <laughs> yeah, uh, there you not, go. Still, still very good. Uh, right. So Sandy cracks the top 10. He had the second most whiffs of any start this year with 27. He had only one whiff away from setting the record this year, or excuse me, tying the record with Shohei Otani he's, you know, he looked pretty darn good for a guy with a 24% strikeout, right? I at least wanted to give you the opportunity to wax a little poetic about arguably your favorite pitcher right now. 
you know, just just sit back and just watch the start from Sandy Alcantara. I say it every time, but there is no one I enjoy more than watching Sandy. It's insane. He just throws the filthiest stuff and guys can't hit it. It's so hard to hit the 99 painted inside with a fastball and then a changeup at 92 with a much more aggressive break. And then when mm. Sandy can throw that slider down and away, mm, mm, mm. it's beautiful. It's beautiful. That's so tasty. And it's not it's a surprise. Gorgeous. Eight innings plus and three straight starts. It's crazy. No one does man. that. It, it is crazy. I mean, it, he, he's been a workhorse, but it's also, I mean, it's a, it is not a surprise that Sandy Alcantara has a few double digit strikeout games. He did it last year as well. So it's always great when it happens, though. The other guy I wanted to hit on in this tier um, is Walker Bueller. Some, something interesting that I kind of noticed today is his the high by fan graphs. It's a little bit different by Baseball Savant, uh, who they divine swinging strikes a little bit differently. But by fan graphs, the highest swinging strike rate of his career with the lowest K rate of his career, which I mm. thought was interesting. He never has had a put away rate below 19% on his four seam fastball. This year, the put away rate on his four seam is nine, nine percent on his yeah, four seam fastball. It's pretty terrible. Aside from the Philly start, it hasn't been awful, right? It's not been what you want out of him, but it hasn't been awful. He hasn't been killing your team. Um, but what are you thinking about Bueller moving forward? Obviously, you dropped him a little bit, so there's a little bit of concern. You know what I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about how think? Fangraphs doesn't use foul tips as a whiff, and that's just so wrong. Yeah. Uh, sorry. But uh, it, it's 12.8% right now, and in 2019, it was a 13.5, and 2020, it was a 13.2, 2021, it was a 13. But, I mean, it's it's kind of in line, but the we're not getting whiffs, to me, is startling. I mean, as you mentioned with the put-away rate, uh, and I saw it two starts ago that it was maybe an incline. He had six on the four seamer, and then he had zero in his last start in the four seamer. And that was pretty much me being like, I've had it. And I kind of looked at the the top 10, and I saw all of these guys. I mean, some people probably want me to talk about Rodon, but Alec Manoa and Zach Wheeler and Sandy Alcantara, Steve McClanahan, like all these guys are just killing it. I'm sure mm-hmm. Verlander had his one blow-up start, whatever. Um, Rodon, I'm not worried about just so you guys know, because the velocity still there and the slider is still really good. He didn't have a slider his last start. All right, whatever, fine. But even in the bad starts that everyone's upset about, he's still like serviceable. You know, it's it's just not eight strikeouts. And, you know, I mean, sure, there's a one really, really bad one. That's the one that everyone's still is sour about. But other ones have been like, all right. And Rodon is still having, it still has the same ability as before, which means that I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, but Bueller, yeah. to me, the underlying factor that the four seamer is nothing that he used to. I mean, have him at 11. It's not in the same tier. It's not like I'm saying that he's just, oh, he's sure. done, though. Yeah, it's yeah. just he doesn't have the same ability as the other ones to rack up a 10 strikeout game randomly. I, and and I that's a huge a, issue. It's not about rankings, obviously. It's more about the tiers. But there is something weird of like, man, this is probably the first time Walker Bueller has been out of the top 10 while active. Yeah. In a long in, in a time, long time, in a long, long time. So it, it does stink that he's not been able to put the season together that we want him to with that four seam. It's it's an interesting precipice, right? Because it's what we talked about with the four seam cutter thing last week. And it's like, does he find that four seamer again? Is there a change right. that he can make to make it more effective? Is he going to be able to be more effective in two strike counts? It's it's interesting. Um, let's move on to tier three. Pablo Lopez, Chris Bassett, Robbie Ray, Aaron Nola, Dylan Cease, Frankie Montas, Julio Urias, Zach Gallen, Shane Bieber, Shohei Otani, and Luis Severino. What is it called? Why is it called that? 
<laughs> this is so stupid. I I want to call them the Winnie the Pooh tier because they're just all dear to my heart. <laughs> okay. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of guys. Here. You know, and 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 if you you can say that he's great, you also know that Winnie the Pooh fails often and sure. he isn't quite this hero that you want him to be. Oh. That's very sad and poetic. <laughs> I mean, Winnie the Pooh gets himself stuck into a hole. Trying, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, in, in Rabbit's home. You know, like he's bumbling around, but we love him. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that. The uh, the the person that I want to talk about first. Well, first, I mean, uh, this is this was even kind of before I, I I made my notes. Very nice to see Pablo survive course. Anytime you can have. Oh yeah, a that good, was cool. Anytime you can have a good. Oh wait, I totally forgot. Um, tonight I think is a big indicator and people will be hearing this and looking at the results before this comes out or uh, when this comes out, they'll know Bueller gets the pirates tonight. And like, mm. it's going to be scary if we walk away with another, like five innings pitched three earned runs, one walk, three K's four K's. Yeah. For, yeah. Sure. sure, pirates, sure. You know what I mean, so I'm very yeah. curious to see what he does tonight, but yeah, did you, I don't know if you've been able to take a look at what Pablo did. Um, uh, I haven't. I, I I didn't know that he survived it. Um, I mean, again, I wrote I wrote the list and I took into account the first six uh, um, pitchers. That's the first two. Sorry, three games, the one o'clock and two o'clock. And that really only affected uh, Nick Martinez. And he's off the list now. <laughs> um, but uh, and I even wrote a thing on Ethan Small because I watched that one. Oddly, Sw- uh, Swarmer was OK. So, oh, I was going to leave with this, but I didn't want to because I didn't know if you're going to be able to watch it. Swarmer and his um, his uh, Ministry of Silly Walks delivery, which is just, you know, sure. the, the kind of Redux Bronson Arroyo. Uh, you're right. That slider was not bad. Yeah, a good breaking ball today is what I saw. But I didn't really like the fastball at all. I watched. I was watching it while I did the list with everybody. And then Small was not great. small actually the first two innings was great and then i publicly jinxed him on twitter he had i think six over 17 whiffs on his 91 92 mile per hour fastball up in the zone and he didn't have his change up but like that was supposed to be his plus offering so i wonder if there's some jitters there thing is ethan small won't pitch you're like no but woodruff's on the il well they're not going to be able to start small in that skip start this week they're going to find someone else for that yeah. for the brandon woodruff one on wednesday and then they have an off day before the next one. So they'll likely will just go four man for that. And then Woodruff will, could be back. So Especially because Ashby will be lined up just like Small will with, with him pitching right now. Yeah. Small was interesting because 91, 92 miles an hour that he's kind of elevating with that four seamer. I think the mechanics are super deceptive. I think he uses like a Vulcan change grip, which is really oh, does interesting. He? Yeah. But as you also- give me the peace sign, how dare you? Um, I think he, uh, uh, there was something about like, he had, you know, some elite starts and was able to pull together a lot of things, um, in, in the minors, but I think guys weren't as eager to wait him out and were not as patient. And I think as we saw in that inning, I think it was the third major league hitters are going to be a little bit more patient with him. And man, when he lost it, like he, he really just kind of like, wasn't able to find the zone really effectively in that last inning there. Oh yeah. It was a very rough third inning. Um, I, I'm just curious about him when he does come back, if he gets any regular playing time. A lot of guys, like you, it, it's most exciting for me in these debuts when they showcase a skill that I say, oh, if you repeat that skill, this is actually really good. A lot mm-hmm. of times in an MLB debut, you see a guy and it's just like, oh, all right, like 
this isn't much to get excited about. But you could see it with Ethan Small. He threw this fastball. It's really hard to get to. When that changeup worked, it looked really nice and so on. Mm. So I, I, I'm curious to see when we see more of him. The guy that I wanted to talk about in this tier, I'm going to say the names again because we digressed. It's Pablo Lopez, <laughs> Bassett, Robbie Ray, Nola, Cease, Montas, Urias, Gallen, Bieber, Otani, and Severino. Is a guy that we actually haven't talked about a lot so far this year, um, at least on this podcast. I know you've talked about him plenty off this podcast, and that's Zach Gallen. So a guy with a 2.22 ERA, 2.80 FIP, 8.3 whip, and a 25% K rate. Not in the top 20. He did just get blown up by the Royals, but also been very effective ahead of that start. Changeup may not be 20% swinging strike rate. It's still above league average at 16.4%. If if Gallon has been able to be near that near two ERA pitcher without his changeup and cutter consistently, are you thinking that the pendulum starts to swing backwards and we start to see that that's not sustainable? Or maybe he gets the changeup and cutter back and he can sustain that. Yeah, that's what I've been talking a lot about inside the roundups is um, Gallon has a really good four seamer. And this one in that start against the Royals, it wasn't as good as it normally is. Mm. Uh, and it's normally had the curveball. Um, but the Gallon that I fell for, that may be a Gallon gal, is where the changeup and the cutter were also major factors. Sure. And we've seen starts where that changeup really came out. I mean, against the Cubs, it did a beautiful job of seven whiffs and 24 thrown. And even in that Cubs start too, he did get it involved a bit. And this one too, a little, but we really haven't seen that next step being taken. And it's just an inevitability. It feels that, yeah, he would have that regression pendulum swing, as you mentioned. So I'm not changing him from that six inning blow up. I'm not going to do that from just one game. It's not gallon for the rest of the year. Like, all right, but uh, you know, I want to see, I want to see Gallon take that next step with the secondaries already. Yeah, he's he's currently right now. He has worked five innings of work with two earned runs, six hits, two walks, and six Ks against the Braves. And as you've said, I mean, the, the changeup of the cutter not appearing again. Thirty-five percent CSW on the four seam throw so far, eighty-five thrown total, eighty-five pitches. But the changeup, no called strikes, four whiffs. The cutter. One called strike, one whiff on 14 thrown. That's not going to do One whiff, one of our 14 ain't great. That's not great. Uh, yeah, so interesting. I mean, it's another example of him kind of so far. Remember, it's just the fifth, but so far through the start, him doing well, not having that the stuff that we're used to him having. Um, the next year here, Logan Webb, we talked a little bit about you, Darvish, Nathan Ivaldi, Tarek Skubal, love that boy, Nestor Cortez, Luis <laughs> Castillo, Eric Lauer, Kyle Wright, and Jose Barrios. What is it called and why is it called? Oh, right. I need to come up with something. Gotcha. Um, Disarm him call, and then drop it in. I'm going to call it the Patella because, you know, it's a foundation for your team often. You'll have oh. Tarek Skubal <laughs> and, uh, and Ivaldi and okay. Webb and Lauer at this point it really isn't honestly I, sh- I should have used that for a different one but uh all right wait wait, wait I got this I want to call them the calf because they're multi-purpose you know you don't really notice them until they fail <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then sure. you can sometimes use like you can repair your knee or your UCL by using the the calf muscle or tendon right so so you know that that's these guys I'm not going to take this calf slander, okay? I've got very nice calves, <laughs> like Kristen Mary. Um, oh, is that right? It's still hard to work out your calf. It's the hardest muscle to 
you know i'm this all, is I'm, all I'm all yams i'm all i'm all calf and thigh all yams that's what i say i'm all yams baby i'm 90 percent of me is legs um <laughs> the two guys that i wanted to talk about this year the first one uh is is you darvish since the blow up in week two he's had a 2.6 era with a 22 percent k rate just a four percent walk rate i imagine it's the lack of effectiveness of that slider that is keeping you from bumping them up a little bit more I mean, you Darvish is the premium premium cherry bomb, right? It's like been him and Cease, and Cease has actually done a decent job of moving away from that. Actually, the last two starts not so much, but uh, Darvish is, regardless of opponent, like if it's the Pirates, he might blow up. If it's against the Dodgers, ah, he's fine. You know, you just don't know. You just start him, and he's going to be more sweet than sour. It's like one of the guys I just don't really – break down that often because you know it, it just it is what it is on a given night and he changes it so often uh when he gets hyper reliant on the cutter i think that's normally a bad thing and the more that we see yeah that slider really taking form and the four seamer getting the strikes in the zone that's great but yeah I, you're gonna have him it's gonna be weird and you're gonna complain like you did back in 2016 about you darvish and that's that all right. The other guy I wanted to hit on uh, is Jose Barrios. You talk perpetually about his consistency and where he ends up. You famously had, you know, uh, we're watching him every single start at the end of last year, seeing if he would get back to. to <laughs> I knew he would. And you 252. knew he would. Sorry, 352 ERA. So uh, now here's the thing, though. If he's going to be able to get back to that, to being a mid three, low four pitcher for the rest of the season, he's going to have to have a pretty good run does that make him a buy low for you or is this the year where he just kind of finally falls apart yeah this is a jose brios to me is a premium buy low and an actual buy low Mm. you know buy lows are never supposed to be an easy call (laughs) that would mean they're not a buy low and i believe he is i i believe jose brios is someone who is i've nicknamed the great undulator because every single year he goes through these stretches of being not so good. And then he wakes up and then does amazing things. And I don't really yeah. see that much difference in what he does um, this past year. I mean, he's fastball is getting hit a little harder. Uh, his curveball is still a 30% CSW pitch. It's maybe a little bit off from before, but it's one of those things where you can look at our player page and you just see all blue and you see like, Oh no, he's his ERA is terrible. His whip's terrible. His K rate's terrible. His swing strike rate's terrible. His X ERA is terrible. And his hard contact is terrible and X Wobe and so on. Well, yeah, because he was performing badly. The mm-hmm. idea is that from this point moving on that I don't think he's going to perform as badly. And I understand if people don't want to do that by low, um, Again, I don't feel that at the 28-year-old Jose Barrios is all that different from what he has been in the past. And it's a great time to to get in if you can get it for cheap. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, all right, let's move into the next tier here, which is also full with a lot of really fun names. That's tier five. Patrick Sandoval, Charlie Morton, Sean Manaya, Blake Snell, Logan Gilbert, Michael Kopech, and Tristan McKenzie. What is it called? Why is it called that? This one, oh man, um, wow, okay, I uh, we are gonna call them Metallica, okay, because sometimes you don't like them. 
And so, but then all of a sudden they put out a really good song. You're like, all yeah. right, all right. Okay. You know what? I, I kind of dig this guy. Sure. Yeah. I don't know how long it's been since they've done that, but yeah, yeah, I'm with I you. Mean, I mean, you know, like that. I we didn't like him after Saint Anger, but then all of a sudden Death oh, Magnetic God. came out, and that was such a good album. God, you know, Death Magnetic is like is great. That's like a top three Metallica album. No, I was just thinking about Saint Anger. And, yeah, yeah, out the trash can. Yeah. Oh my God. That's um, that's why these guys are Metallica. So the first guy I want to talk about in this year is, is 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 the Irish Panda. Well, not the Irish Panda anymore. He's got a new nickname. Sorry, I'm sticking with the old nickname. Um, Patrick Sandoval. You admit in the roundup you're a touch concerned, especially with the change of performing as poorly as it did uh, yesterday or two days ago. One whiff, 13 thrown, five earned runs to the Blue Jays. But he jumps up a spot. I mean, largely because of Brandon Woodruff falling and off. And Joe Ryan flying off. Now there's an extra uh, an extra plus one because Joe Ryan has COVID. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. So he technically so, is a negative one. He's a negative one. Okay. But based on other people moving, right? Because he would be a plus two, but he's a plus one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I had to push up Kyle. I'm uh, sorry. Eric Lauer, Nesta Cortez, Tarek Skubal ahead. Okay. So that answers that question about Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you already noticed, that you, you know. This is a guy who's known for his changeup, right? The thing that I was worried about coming into the year is what if he's not going to be able to have the other pitches? Now, all of a sudden, maybe the other pitches are the one doing well. The slider had yeah. 10 over 32 whiffs last start. What? Hi. It, this is the hardest thing, though, right? Like, okay, a guy doesn't do the thing that he's known for, but then he does something else that's really good all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a punnet square to me of all right are we going to see the 25 percent chance that both are really good are we going to see the 25 percent chance that both of them are good or are we going to see the 50 percent chance that one of them is good right yeah and i i, I think i want to lean that it generally goes to the negative 25 percent that neither are good okay. like he'll lose this you'll lose the thing that just showed up and keep having the bad thing i but i can't rule that out that all of a sudden you know sandoval's changeup has been the thing forever and now the slider has a 20% swing strike rate and a 70% strike rate this year. That's really good. So, I, I mean, this could be a, a tale of something working out here for, for Patrick Sandoval. And I'm not ready to just kind of, you know, jump ship after his five-run affair against the Jays. That doesn't seem right to me. And that was also just a wonky game, too. It was like 11 to 10 was the final. Yeah. Just, everything yeah, was flying game. out of the yard that day. Uh, find me another baseball podcast that mentions punnett squares i will <laughs> wait uh the other guy i wanted to talk about this year tristan mckenzie has a five game quality start streak right now yeah. he's gone at least seven innings pitch in his last three starts he did a really fantastic job of elevating with that four seamer in his last start against the tigers which is actually not what he's been doing over the course of the year he's actually been keeping that heater a little bit down you would know that if you checked out the uh the pitcher list player pages which you should be doing he's been fantastic in terms of run value on the edges of the plate with the four seamer top five in all of baseball but that just means he's able to get out of bad situations with that heater more often than not is he a, a little bit of a a Vargas roll poster boy with this terrible hotel, the 189, the 8, 189 Babbitt, the 83% left on base rate, the sub 10 home run per nine or home run where, fly ball. Where would you have Tristan McKenzie ranked? Um, I'm looking right now. Yeah, I think so. I put him below Sonny Gray. I'd put him below Cobb. Well, Sonny Gray, keep um, in mind, also might be heading to the IL right now. 
Oh, is he? I didn't know that. I was just looking at his, uh, like how he's. Yeah, and Sonny Gray just like... had his just had his breakers back. The first start he didn't, and then he just did, and now he might be in the aisle. I, I wanted to see more from Sonny Gray to repeat the the breakers. And Tristan um, Gray-Kenzie's has been, as you mentioned, on this really really nice run. Yeah, he's been on a really good run. But if we're if we're talking about what future performance looks yeah, like, yeah, sure. Right? Yeah. Then I I don't know. I mean, I'm looking down around Gore and Javier, maybe a little bit below Gonsolin. Wow. Um, wow. Maybe, so you're really not buying any of this? I'm just saying, if you look at those statistics, those are a little bit scary. This is a guy. Oh sure. Yeah, but I mean, it's also a 265 ERA, you know, mm-hmm. and a and a point eight six WHIP. Like, yes, those get worse, but how much worse? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's I funny because was... most people want him higher up. Uh, but then that defeats the purpose of <laughs> then that's giving him a rank of what he's done and not what he will continue to do. Sure. I, uh, uh, that's very fair. I mean, the way I see it is McKenzie's breakers are inconsistent still. Mm. I loved his fastball. If you saw that, that started all against Detroit, he was peppering the top of the zone all day with four seamers. And it was one of the more well-commanded games I've seen with that heater. I mm-hmm. uh, and that's a good thing. Normally he goes way too north south with it. Um keeps it down too often. It's just kind of in the middle up. That one was actually like, no, I got this with a purpose. And he didn't even Blake Snell blueprint enough if he asked me. I mean he did at times, but there's still room to grow with the curveball and slider there. I I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel exactly about this. Um and that's why I kind of stuck him at the st- stuck him. Yeah, stuck him at the end of the <laughs> Uh, the fifth tier because the other ones in this tier, like Kopech, hasn't even started since I ranked him last week, so I didn't touch him. I mm-hmm. uh, Gilbert, I hope the slider is great again. You know, Blake Snell hasn't really done anything since the last time either. And it, it's like, all right, these guys all could be ascending quickly. And McKenzie, maybe he, you know, he's figured something out with this fastball. We'll see. All right. Uh, moving on to tier six, Frambert Valdez, Sonny Gray, Alex Cobb, George Kirby, Jordan Montgomery, Luis Garcia, Noah Syndergaard, Jamison Tyone, and Marcus Stroman. What is it called? Why is it called that? This is called, and I've, I've, I've like literally just reset this, like, it's, it's a categories, category list. And it's just okay. helping me come up with different things in my head. I, <laughs> what is the winter flowering plant? Okay. <laughs> what this is the category i got the winter flowering plant um no okay this tier um this tier oh yeah this is what they are all right i I don't i don't love these guys so all right this is this is the tier of the scream and it's because munch the yes yes because when you look at that you will recognize that the this is this is a good piece of art Right. Mm-hmm. This is famous. Everybody knows it. You just knew exactly what I was talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. All the guys in this tier, you're like, all right, I have to have them on my roster because this is how the world works. Sure. But you're kind of screaming as you do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which was uh, odd. Edward Munch was inspired by fantasy baseball to. Uh, to oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's the famous story. Um, the first person I wanted to talk about in this tier is Sonny Gray. The innings per start were not there for him to begin the season. He's now strung together three consecutive uh, starts with six or more innings pitched. He's yet to give up more than two earned runs in a start this year. That 10 strikeout game was, was gorgeous. Overall, though, the whiffs, 
really not been there for him this year. The highest yeah, right? strike rate he has on a pitch right now is 11%. That's the highest he has across all of his pitches, 11%. And that's on his slider. With that said, though, his breakers have been a little bit better in the past two starts. So maybe that's indicative of some positive changes ahead. It's extreme called strike stuff. Curveball's a 25% rate, which is actually something we do see a decent amount, but not for something that's a 22% usage. You know, you normally see that because it's like Alex Cobb's 10% thrown uh, curveball, right? That's just mm. a show me early on. But no, he's using this in a lot of counts. Sinker has a 20.5. Four seamer has a 24. These to me are a bit abnormal. Uh, I mean, maybe not the fastballs. He's kind of made that his thing, but it, it just seems a little strange. And we're not seeing the slider and curveball. Yeah, as those with pitches like we have before. Um, I'm... Uh, I've always kind of considered Sonny Gray in the past three years as a volatile guy. Uh, start mm-hmm. to start, I think he has his breakers or he doesn't. And if he has to rely just on fastballs, he's made it work sometimes, but it's not the ticket to success for Sonny Gray. So I'm in this situation where I'm like, all right, Sonny Gray is good enough to have, but I don't see him actually ascending to be a proper top 25 guy or something like that. Doesn't have the chance for that to happen for him. And that's why he's here. All right. Uh, I dig that. The other guy, Jamison Tyone, strung together back-to-back fantastic starts now. His last two starts, it's 15 innings pitched with one earned run, one walk, and 13 Ks. In the most recent, that really nice start against the Rays, where, while the strikeouts weren't as plentiful as they were the start before, I mean, going eight innings was really nice. It seems like he elevated that heater again a little bit more in that start, which was good to see considering he had so much success doing that last year. going to be excited to see if that sticks for him. What are you thinking about Jameson Tyone? I think Jameson Tyone is a kitchen sink, Toby. Mm-hmm. And uh, it bothers me because his slider has this really high strike rate, 73%, but it gets hit a lot. 31% hard contact rate. Batting average allowed on it right now is 302. And then the curveball and cutter that you want to really develop maybe into that proper whiff pitch. Neither one of them is above a 13% swing strike rate. Neither of them has a 60% strike rate on their own. Uh, low hard contact allowed, but they're not this consistent offering. And the four-seamer, I mean, still 14% swing strike rate on that, but it's getting crushed too, 36% hard contact for Tyone's four-seamer. It feels like it's all, like, worked. I don't really buy that he is a... You know, sub three ERAs, one oh eight whip guy or something like that. That doesn't seem right to me with Tyon. I think we're going to see some shorter starts that we have seen in the past. Uh, and I, I'm just a little hesitant to really buy him, which really stinks because you know how much I enjoy the man, the human, yeah. Jameson Tyon. But and I'll be the first one to tell you that I am so engaged in and excited for what he's doing. And I feel like it's a little smoke and mirrors. It's it's like maybe the overall approach, he figures out what works and runs with that and is able to do just enough. Mm. But it does seem very fragile at the moment. Okay. Um, I Yeah, I, I sadly kind of uh, agree. I, I, I It's crazy. It's so funny to me. It's like I, I, you have this... Ah. Really- <laughs> you have this recipe for success in that four seamer just getting away from it and then mixing it up and it's like i don't know why this is it's like you said he's a kitchen sink guy who never really used to be a kitchen sink guy he had a pretty yeah. clear blueprint on how he was going to be able to have success and it just feels like there's a lot of tinkering going on where there's like a clear path over how he could i mean but then again we're also talking about him like he's a six era he's doing fantastic so far to start the year maybe we just want the best for our boys we um, really do we, we got to spend more do. coffee 
We, we do. We got to send them more coffee. Uh, tier seven, uh, Mackenzie Gore, Christian Javier, Tony Gonsolin, Trevor Rogers, Aaron Ashby. What's it called and why is it called that? Uh, this is called the Game Boy tier because I just want to play them all the time. Is it called the Game Boy? I thought it was called the Game Boy tier because none of them were alive when the Game Boy came out. <laughs> <laughs> that, I thought that's what it was. Uh, Aaron Ashby moves up 12. How many whiffs do you think he had today against the Cubs? I uh, let's <laughs> how many all right how many whiffs i don't know no. oh how many strikeouts how many strikeouts because whiffs is too dumb you're right how many strikeouts i mean how many fast yeah, i just guess eight eight twelve yeah twelve yes! 21 whiffs oh 10 whiffs on the changeup alone with a 42%. Really? 10 on the changeup? That's a huge huge deal. His most, the the pitch that he went to, he went uh, pretty much, well, not, no, he went sinker changeup 31 times both. He threw 100 pitches, which is also. Wow. Fantastic. Yes. Oh, this is, oh, wait, hold on. This is probably a product, though, of that first game that was a first heavy Brewers game. How many innings did he go? He went a full six. Yeah. Now okay. they pulled him in the sixth because he ended up loading the bases and uh, Brad Boxberger yeah, in got the seventh. In the seventh, excuse me. Yeah. So he okay. he he came into the seventh and uh, then and then allowed three base runners. So now I'm going to look up the line. I uh, oh man. Okay. Was, so was, was he had only four base runners before yeah. the st- wow. He looked. That's my boy. Good. There he, he is. He's arrived. Good. He looked very good. Now I mean the good thing is I get another. I also get another start before I have to rank him next week, which is great. Yes, exactly. Which will be good because you want to see if it's not against a team who is, you know, it was an offensive game all morning. This is back-to-back games, you know, so you never know, but very good. Very good to see. That's not even yeah. the guy that I wanted to talk about in this tier. The guy what? that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, believe it or not, uh, is Christian Javier. I mean, Christian mm. Javier, you know, people were kind of begging, screaming for him to be in the rotation, saying at the beginning of the year, why is Jake Odorizzi here, you dingus? Jake Odorizzi turns it around a little bit, then, of course, sadly has that injury. But now here comes Christian Javier. That uh, 13% walk rate he had last year, it's not here right now. Back-to-back starts with just one walk each. Nine Ks in both of those starts. Got to feel pretty excited about Christian Javier. Yeah, for those that kept the faith in Christian uh, are getting paid off well. 72% high lock this year on the four-seamer as opposed to 60% last year. To me, that is a difference maker. That's what he's done the last two starts incredibly well. And he had 12 whiffs and 11 whiffs in each of his last two starts. So that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. I still want to see a little bit more from his slider and curveball um, to get strikes in the zone. I think he's a little volatile with it, which is kind of interesting. So remember when he first came up, I, I remember shouting like, oh, my God, this is a really, really amazing breaking ball. You got to get it. You got to throw it more aggressively, throw it more often. He is throwing more often. It was 23% in 2020 and 31% in this past year or during this year. But the strike rate, 58 and I want to see that like 62, 63. Then I'll truly believe that the walks could be over because, yeah, he's throwing a lot of strikes with the, the four seamer, 65% plus, and he's at the top of the zone. 17% swing strike rate with it right now is insane. Mm-hmm. I had to give him a lot of love for that. 
there, uh, uh, I want to move on to the next series. There's a guy that I've been thinking about and wanted to talk about. And this is tier eight. Jeffrey Springs, Drew Smusen, Tyler Molly, Alex Wood, uh, Tyler Anderson, Martin Perez, who belongs in a tier in and of himself, Ronzi Contreras, Ian Anderson, Michael Lorenzen, and Bailey Ober. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um, this is called the pretzel because it's the beginning of the point where I'm just like, oh god, I uh, all of these rankings are like just mashed and just you can arrange them any way you want <laughs> i mean there, there there's a blob a glob if you want to use for his term right of like 30 to 40 guys now that are just the same thing sure. you know it, whoever's going against oakland <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like it feels like that for a lot of this um and this is like the last moment i said okay okay all right these are really the ones that are maybe are stable and that you want to invest in a little bit more than just your casual flexing or something like that. Uh, so so yeah, it's a it's a pretzel because you know they can be really enjoyable, but it, it it's all I don't know crisscrossed and ridiculous. There's a bit of person on this tier who has been very enjoyable for me, and I'm going to tell you who that is right after this break. You ever have those guys where? You're like, yes. Wait. <laughs> that sounds like the beginning of an awful thing. Um, where you're like, oh, yeah, that dude isn't he's on this team now. He's not on that team anymore. Uh, right? Yeah. When I worked at MLB, a lot of my job was like setting lineups for this video game that we worked with. Mm-hmm. And I really prided myself on like knowing every reliever on every team. Wow. And at the beginning of the year, I just totally forgot that Jeffrey Springs was a Tampa Bay Ray. And then here he is, and I watched his start in Adley's debut, and I was like, whoa, this changeup looks really good. And then he has another really nice start where he actually settles down, doesn't give up as many walks against the Yankees, where he goes six with no walks, six Ks, two earned runs on five hits, showcasing not just the changeup in that game, which I don't even think was great, but the four-seamer and the slider. However, the six innings pitched is deceptive because he has not thrown more than 80 pitches in a single game this year. So what are we doing with Jeffrey Springs? I think you got to bring, you got to pick him up and just kind of roll with it right now. Um, Yeah. I, I, I really regretted not pushing Springs higher last week. My logic was I didn't want to start him against the Yankees and he showed me wrong. Um, That changeup is excellent. It wasn't as excellent in that start two over 30 whiffs, but even with it, I, that Chingip still has a 23% swing strike rate this year. And that's so stupid good. And if you yeah. watch it, it is so stupid good. It passes the eye test. Uh, it, it's a really phenomenal offering. The slider just earned a lot of strikes. And just landed in there and did its thing. Seven called strikes on 20 thrown is really, really nice. And the four-seamer has intended elevation. And I compare him a little bit to Patrick Sandoval. Um, imagine if Patrick Sandoval had a four seamer that he could elevate uh but the benefit is that sandoval has actually gone through large stretches of constant success with his repertoire and can go more pitches than 80 um but yeah jeffrey springs is someone that i i kind of am upset that i didn't jump in on last week and maybe the rays over time they let guys go remember we were talking about McClanahan only going five innings last year and then they ramped him up and they let him go six and then like okay playoff time never mind Sure. Maybe that's different for Springs, or it could be like Rasmussen, where they think, no, your pitch quality goes down after 80 pitches, and we're not going to let you do that. So 
we'll yeah. see what happens. But at the very least, but, I think he's a pickup and you roll with him. Just to, to kind of, you know, bail you out from what you're saying, too. Like, when that happens, those lines, it, it just takes one bad inning, right? If a guy's locked in at 80 pitches, it just takes one inning of three earned runs to ruin your ratios for the week, especially because then he's not going into the fourth or fifth, or he's not going to be able to throw 100 pitches to be able to even out that line over the course of the game. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? So that's where, where it always gets a, a little bit scary for me. So I, I, I understand the hesitation there. What I'm a little confused about is here we have a guy who, who takes a look at his ranking on the list, and he says, you know what? Six and two-thirds innings, no earned runs, one hit, three walks, and eight Ks against the Giants. Nick's got to raise me, right? And what do you do to Tyler Molly? You drop him three. Yeah, everyone's spots, upset about right? that. See, fast. I thought you were better than this. What happened? What uh, nothing. Happened? Uh, Jameson Tyone, Marcus Stroman, Mackenzie Gore, Christian Javier, Tony Gonsolin, Aaron Ashby happened. Oh, and Jeffrey Springs. Hmm. I, I didn't even touch Tyler Molly, but I needed to raise all of those guys up. So if you want to be upset at me ranking those guys too low before, you can. But Tyler Molly after one start, not to mention having six whiffs on each of his four seamer splitter and slider is abnormal. And it's normally just the four seamer and I pray for one of the other two to be okay. I don't buy the Tyler Molly's fix now either. So I didn't touch him. Now we talked, you might not buy that. Do you buy? I don't know how much he did last week because I think we both agreed that he was very much a, a Vargas role and then he shut us up, but good. Do you buy that Martin Perez is sort of a different pitcher now with this increased sinker usage, the drop in the cutter usage, the drop in the four seam usage? He's got that one six ERA, a 2.43 FIP, a sub one whip, uh, the highest K rate of his career right now. The first time he's crazy? ever eclipsed 20%. Is this more? Than a Vargas rule? Is this for real? No, this is a guy who is locked in with his command. This is actually what the true definition of a Vargas rule is. <laughs> because, <laughs> no, really, it's it, it's insane how well he's commanded his changeup. Um, and how he's just not had... It's a, it's a 31% zone rate with a 50% O-swing. Just think about that for a second. Like, he doesn't put this in the zone, but he's mm. close enough, obviously, that guys are chasing it out of the zone, right? It's really, really, really good. Uh, his cutter is interesting. It sometimes does back doors. Sometimes it comes inside. He does both sides of the plate with it. But I think that's actually his biggest mistake pitch um, when he makes them. And same also with a sinker, which then leaks out over the plate a decent amount. But he keeps that arm side a lot. And that's really the game plan is sinkers, arm side, with changeups going underneath them, and then cutters, both sides of the plates. But sometimes you have curveballs landing for strikes. Hmm. And it's worked because the changeup has been just that good. I I don't think it's going to work for the entire year. The second that, that he falters, where he starts throwing those changeups out of the zone, and he's not getting those swings. Then it's sinker cutter like it used to be, and uh-oh, trouble awaits. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't really want to buy into this too much, um, but right now you just got to do it. All right. Uh, one last guy real quick, Ronzi Contreras. I mean, you had a great video breakdown on his uh, it's not his MLB debut because he had a start last year, but his 2022 starting pitcher debut, uh, which was a great video that you guys should go check out and watch. For me, it's like 
man, that fastball is a lot of fun. And when he can elevate that heater, it is really tough to hit at 97. But who, baby, can uh, can there be some inconsistency there along, uh, especially with that slider? Uh, the thing that comes to mind is something that you broke down super well in that video as well and something that I saw when I was watching the start, which is I think it was against, uh, I don't remember who it was, uh, but a guy in the Rockies where he had him 0-2. And then he was like, all right we're going four straight sliders here. And then he threw four consecutive. They all missed and he gave up the walk. That kind of scares me a little bit, but what are you thinking about Ronzi Contreras? Well, I think his command was a little bit better than the second start. Uh, And I can understand that is his 2022 debut came with jitters. Uh, I think he's good. I don't think he's so impactful that he's going to be this pushing the needle um, pitcher for your fantasy teams. But I, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's fine. He's, he's he's someone that you should be picking up and starting, and hopefully he has that extra level and the extra gear that we haven't seen yet. But yeah. he's not someone that you're gonna, I think, be kicking rocks that you didn't pick him up. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm thinking about whether or not I should move him in Dynasty. To be honest, let's move on to the next tier, teeny tiny tier. It's tier nine: Nick Pavetta, Garrett Whitlock, John Gray, and Brady Singer. What's it called? Why is it called that? Um, we're going to call this one. Uh, oh, I I had it in my head. Wait, I. Oh, no. Oh, that's don't a terrible plan, Nick. I know. I know. I'm sorry. What? You don't have to do this. I know. You haven't given me a single you... tear. Huh? I give you tears all the time. You always make me break down and cry. But, <laughs> um... <laughs> what? All right. Well, I'm trying. I, I know exactly what I want it to be, and I just can't think of an example of it. That's what's okay. driving me crazy. Walk us through uh, it. Well, I, I want to give me a solo musician who broke off from their band and had just like one, just one good album, and that was it. So, no, I mean, I, mm, I haven't listened right? to all of John Lennon's stuff. So, I can't uh, that was the first one I did, but there's a wrong reason why that was short, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> He broke off. I can't say Harry Styles because he had a really good career. Uh, I, yeah, that's a tough one, Nick. Uh, right, sure because that's that's what just... this is to me. Okay, where these are the there are a few of them, and they're kind of cool, but you really you kind of dig the other stuff more. Right, and like yeah. you listen oh. to them for like the sake of oh, Chris Cornell. Got it. What Chris Cornell was great. No, 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 no. Chris Cornell was great in the bands he was in. In the individual, like he put out one solo album or so, and I was like, eh, it's okay. You know, I prefer him. I prefer the others as well. There's a small amount. That's the four guys. And I'm cool with it, but I prefer the other stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought you were saying like his his Audio Slave stuff was bad. Dude, I'm, I, I absolutely love Audio Slave. Okay, oh, great. man. Temple yeah. of the Dog was great, too. Yeah. All right. So, okay. yeah. I'm with you. We're there. With you. We're there. Okay. We're there. We got there. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> We got there. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Nick Pavetta is the guy that I wanted to talk about in this tier. I mean, uh, he, he kind of, I don't want to say he popped back on everyone's radar because I think people were paying attention to him because of his year last year. But then uh, at the beginning of May, as that great start against the White Sox with no one runs, five hits, no walks, and eight Ks, sputters a little bit against Texas, but then looks fantastic against the Astros with a complete game with just one earned run. Again, a little inconsistent against both the White Sox and Baltimore, but still getting it done for you with back-to-back quality starts. You seem to be buying in that even though there's a little bit of inconsistency, you're still going to be able to get the job done. 
I uh, Nick Pavetta is weird and makes me feel weird. And I uh, I think you just gotta roll with it right now. I don't truly believe that he's a new pitcher, mm. but he's just been doing well. And it's one of those times like, all right, I'm not gonna tell you to not do it. It's a bit of a Vargas rule in that way. I think he's still gonna be a bit volatile. He's not getting the same strikeouts that he used to. It's a 23% K rate as opposed to the 26 that we saw last year. Uh it's just like, all right. You can you can do this, Pavetta. Get your breaking balls in there for strikes if you can. Try and stay elevated with four seamers. Yeah, he's gonna burn you. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I mean, he's going to. I know. But, I just, I've never seen a guy jump fifteen spots for you to be like. Yes. Well, it's because it's no, no, no. He doesn't. I mean, he's just doing well enough that he's justified that you're gonna go yeah. for this that has some sort of strike at upside relative, relative to the other ones. But this is kind of what I was getting at. It's like, look, this is such a mess now. And I wanted to make tier nine something that had more than just like, oh, hey, he's going against Oakland. All right. Maybe I can get six innings of one and run here. You know, okay. that's what I feel like a lot of the other guys are in tier 10 and so on. Okay. Um, let's talk about the next tier, uh, tier 10, which is Hyunjin Ryu, Carlos Carrasco, Miles Michaelis, Marco Gonzalez, Adam Wainwright, Jose Arquiti, and Spencer Strider. What's it called? And why is it called that? Uh, this one. I uh, oh man, we're I had one that was like the perfect name for a tier uh, during the stream, and I was wondering, is it this one? Just no. do it. You got to jump in now. But yeah, it was because Strider was at the end. Oh man, I'm so upset. Nick. Um, I know, I know. Whatever, stop it. Stop pressuring Nick. me. <laughs> Could talk about my therapist. Sorry. Um. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna yeah, just I'm just gonna talk about my therapist, not talk about you to my therapist, of course. Uh, Spencer Strider is at the end, and you know it's it's best for last. Fruit roll up, they're the fruit roll up. You save it for Very the good. end, okay? I like that. So <laughs> let, let's talk about Strider. So he's a lot of people are gonna go ahead and look at Strider's line tomorrow morning and be like four to third with five earned runs, two walks, and seven Ks. No thanks. Uh, uh, three of those were from a uh, were inherited runners from a reliever uh, in the fourth inning. Uh, Strider starts. He gets the out. Then he gives up a single and a walk before Dylan Lee comes in. He gets a ground out, but then Cattell Marte doubles in all those runs. And just like that, Spencer Strider's line is ruined. Underneath, we've got 20 combined whiffs and called strikes on the four seamer for a 41% CSW, which surprise, surprise, Spencer Strider's got a very good four seamer. We've also got a 39% CSW overall, thanks to some good changeup usage. Um, if Spencer Strider, you know, if Brian Snitker calls you up, he says, Nick, you don't call, you don't write. How you been? I wanted to let you know, Spencer Strider's going every fifth day. Where do you put him? He already said that. He did? He pretty oh, much said it today. I thought at the beginning of the roundup. That's what it said. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he pretty much said it today of like after I did the list and stuff. He, I saw that. Yeah, Spencer Strider. Like, yeah, we want him now to be our fifth guy. And uh, the fact that he went um, over 70 pitches in this one, 72, I think is another great. We're stretching him out. We're pushing. We're doing this. Um, it feels good. Uh, the thing that I mentioned here is that I didn't want to start Spencer Strider for this start because I knew it would be some sort of limited pitch count. I, I was expecting anywhere from 65 to 70. I was off by two. I'm sorry. I failed you all. <laughs> and and then <laughs> next is cores. So you don't really want to do that one either. So that's why I actually listed him as a stash play. 
And it's not just because of his wonderful thing on his face. And so next week is when I think you actually get Spencer Strider value. Isildur's heir is going to arrive. I would be shocked if next week on Monday I had him right where I had uh, at the very least like where Pavetta is, if not even above that tier, close to like the Christian Javier Aaron Ashby tier. Uh, because I think that fastball is just too dang good, and he's getting a lot of strikes with it. That was the biggest worry we had. Yeah, was that he looked too wild and like he wouldn't get strikes with fastballs. But no, he says he has a seventy percent strike rate on the fastball, and yeah. to see something good from the changeup today, that's really really impressive. So uh, I'm a fan. I wonder too. I mean, the good thing about the Strider start on Sunday is it's on a Sunday, and often it's like. At that point, if you're in a categories league, you're pretty much like, I either need this for pitching mm-hmm. or I don't need this for pitching. You, you should find solace in the fact that he's a fastball guy and his fastball is what makes him so good. And that's going to be able to play in cores. So hopefully he can survive that unscathed. Moving on to tier 11, Merrill Kelly, Cal Quantrill, Chris Flexen, Paul Blackburn, Yusei Kikuchi, Corey Kluber, and Matthew Oliveratore. Uh, what's it called and why is it called that? Oh my God, fast. Uh, this is the cashew tier where you're looking around, you're hungry, you need something you're like, all right, I guess I'll have a cashew or two. <laughs> you hate cashews. I don't hate cashews, but that's perfect because I'm like, I right. If I'm starving. Oh, great. Yeah. I have, like cashews, I guess there's nothing all <laughs> around. Uh, the, the guy that I wanted to talk about on this tier, um, it seemed like you weren't as into the start of his season, which was pretty good. Then he just gets blown up in a terrible start the week that I am playing you in fantasy against the Angels with eight earned runs and 11 hits, but bounces back super well in those next three starts against both Detroit and then the Orioles. And then finally doing it again, the Yankees. Was it that Yankee start that made you think, okay, Corey Kluber, welcome to the party? Yeah, Corey Kluber had his cutter and his, and his uh, breaking ball. And Look, again, this is a mishmash of whatever. Uh, Corey Kluber being able to deal with a good matchup and sure, at 81, you deserve to be up here. I mean, I think it's more of the tier 12 and tier 13 are a lot of guys I just don't really care that much about. Mm-mm. And I, I giving a little bit ben, more benefic- uh, benefit to the, of the doubt. I can say a sentence maybe. <laughs> um uh, for Corey Kluber to say like all right you know I have my cutter and my curveball and I can survive a few more tougher starts okay um was there anyone else in this tier that you felt particularly passionate about that you wanted to hit upon I think a lot of people are gonna are feel really good about Kikuchi lately and I'm still out on him I think he gets the twins next I think it's gonna hurt you a bit it wasn't as much of a trap start against angels as I thought it would be it was two and runs early then he didn't go five full but he settled down after it I'm still not seeing enough from what he does that makes me think that there's something new about Kikuchi. I've been seeing a lot of comparisons to Robbie Ray's transformation, and it's to me is nothing similar. I uh, it, it seems strange to me to do the to do that. And transition uh, to Robbie Ray, just Arizona Robbie Ray. <laughs> yeah, but I mean Kikuchi, it's it's a different skill set. What changed Robbie Ray was increasing velocity on the fastball, like by a full tick and throwing at the top of the zone while armed with an elite breaking ball already. Mm-hmm. And Kikuchi doesn't have the elite breaking ball. He is not locating at the top of the zone with this fastball. And his I want to see 96 from Kikuchi. I'm seeing a lot of 94 and change. And last start was 95 and change, but I'm not believing that all of a sudden he's going to dominate with it. Okay. 
Tier 12 is JT Brubaker, Dane Dunning, Chad Cool, Kyle Gibson, Madison Bumgarner, Zach Eflin, Alex Fado, Jacob Junis, Ranger Suarez, and Hunter Green. What's it called? Why is it called that? It's called Pocket Stuff. <laughs> just like a bunch of lint. <laughs> no, it's just like, oh, all right, hold on. Like, I just put take a rubber band, but like, I could use that, you know, and you put it in your pocket, but it's not going to live there forever. You're going to take it out later, you know? It, it, it's just like a one time thoughtful, like, oh, all right, yeah. it's in my pocket. Oh, yeah, I got a pen. Here you go. You use pockets differently and probably better than I do. Cause for me, my <laughs> pockets are like, why are these dog treats in there? Well, how often that's how I feel about why Zach Eflin is still on my roster. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's very good. That's very good. Um, listen, I, I, I cannot talk about Zach Eflin and his inconsistencies anymore because it makes me want to drive my head through a wall. I do want to talk about a guy that we haven't mentioned really at all. I think another guy in this podcast so far this year, and that's Dane Dunning. Um, increased his 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 slider usage this year i think it was said that he's one of the guys throwing the the sweeper, sweeper. uh if we're allowed to call it that anymore um he has an okay start against oakland's sort of four and a third two earned runs three walks and five k's what did you see there that said yeah let's let's bump him up 12 i bumping him up 12 at this point is nothing it's just about trying to figure out everyone else and where he falls relatively um dane dunning is someone that had a little nice vargas rule uh, for a bit where he had stellar command and maybe he has that back against oakland it wasn't so bad it was actually like decent command but sometimes when you don't have the best stuff even if you command it well like you'll still get beat right Mm. and that's what happened against the athletics of all teams so i don't feel that confident in dane dunning but yeah they're worse guys you can go with Okay, uh, this brings us to tier 13, promptly named, because, again, a lot of these guys will make you weep. Uh, Kyle Bradish, Kyle Hendricks, Cole Irvin, David Peterson, Josiah Gray, Edward Cabrera, Daniel Lynch, and Dad, what's a Graham Ashcraft? Uh, I did that for you. Uh, so uh, this one is called the Mysterious Cocktail, because mm. you don't know if you should drink it and how you'll feel the next day. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. Kyle Bradish, uh, fittingly so, because he started off so well. And then, oh man, recently he's just been getting yeah. hammered a little bit. So Edward Cabrera uh, likely to make his debut, I believe, today, right? Uh, tomorrow. That's, that's the rumor. Tomorrow in cores. Tomorrow in cores. So is that Tuesday? Yes. Oh, today. today yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick- <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> you know, I just wanted it for the entertainment value. And then gets the Giants again on Sunday. So I I treated him as a stash play, kind of like I do with Strider, but Strider is just a better one uh, where you really would only be starting Edward Cabrera next week. And what is it about uh, Graham Ashcraft that gives him the vaunted 100? Do you know what Graham Ashcraft does? Do I know what Graham Ashcraft does? I know he's got a good fastball and curveball, but yeah, I know he had an okay debut. Does he? Okay, so he throws a 97 mile per hour cutter and a 97 mile per hour sinker. And it's pretty cool seeing them go in opposite directions. Uh, I think he can possibly suppress hits decently with those two. And then he has a slider that currently boasts a 43% strike rate. (laughs) And that's when you're supposed to laugh. Yeah. Because I I talk about what you want is a 60%. Yeah. 
I mean, um, and the thing is, it's been only two games. It's been 10.2 innings. He's only thrown a handful of these 37 sliders, right? I do wonder if Graham Ashcraft, who now looks like he's getting some time with Cincinnati because they're like, oh, yeah, River San Martin. Okay, no. And if he's able to make some adjustment that he throws even 55%, 60, you know, close to 60% strikes on his slider, because guys right now are just gearing up for 97 and a major league hitter can just do that. But if they have something else that they need to be honest on, right, then there's it changes everything. So I'm I'm very curious. Ashcraft with that foundation of a sinker and a cutter is very nice. And I don't know. There could be something that unlocks here. That's what we're looking for in a uh, pitcher number 100. I got you fast. Thank you. Uh, I know, I know, I know. We might go long, and we did. It's my fault. And I'm going to make it a tad, teeny, tiny bit even longer. What? It is the second inning, and Walker Bueller just gave up a three-run shot to Tucapita Marcano. Oh, that's what I guessed, actually, for DFS. That's (laughs) what is going on, Walker Bueller. And guess what pitch it came off of? Or Seamer. That four-seam fastball, man. Mm. He walked Josh Van Meter. He gave up a single to Jack Sawinski. <laughs> Jack you know, Sawinski, who is you know, I, 180 this year. I want, I want like our life to be an anime where all of a sudden a pitcher shows up and unlocks a five-seamer. <laughs> five You've unlocked. It's like no, no, he's not. I am throwing a five seamer. Oh and all of a sudden he starts glowing and <laughs> what is yeah, happening? Walker. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, I thought you were complaining because I'm making this podcast go longer again. <laughs> no, I'm complaining because this is my, this is, this is the guy who is the foundation of my staff in the, mm. in the pitcherless fantasy league. And it really stinks that he stinks. It wow. stinks. Are you going to get relegated like for real this time? No, I was I I was second place two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm just now, saying, like you know, because you should have been after what 2020 or or maybe it's, it's, it's 2019. It was 2018, but uh, but yeah, just make sure you don't. Okay. Listen, if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a merry Christmas. Exactly. Um, and on that note, that is going to do it for episode number 326 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow with the Nick and Alex Baseball Show.